I want to give a kind of a running survey of Paul's letter to the Romans. Romans chapter 1, Gentiles are damned. Romans chapter 2, Jewish people are damned. By the way, if you think I'm cussing, look it up in the dictionary. Romans chapter 3, everybody's damned. Now that's usually not the most pleasant way to start off a letter, but it's the foundation that Paul lays for the rest of the letter, showing that everybody has to come to God in the same terms, because everybody is equally lost when they start. All of us have sinned against God. But then he goes on to show, again, that Jewish people and Gentiles come to God in the same terms. Jewish people believed that they were saved especially because they were descended from Abraham. They were chosen in Abraham. Um, they, they had the covenant of circumcision that, that showed that. But in Romans chapter 4, Paul says that it's, it's acting like Abraham did. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And it was the spiritual circumcision, therefore, of being a spiritual child of Abraham that mattered most. But just in case Paul's Jewish audience thought, well, you know, we're descended from Abraham, that makes us better. He reminds them in Romans chapter 5 that all of us are descended from Adam. All of us are, are sinners, and therefore all of us stand under God's judgment, and all of us stand in need of a new creation. In Romans chapter 7, Paul deals with the law, because many Jewish people believed that they were better than the Gentiles morally, because they had all, according to tradition, 613 commandments in the law, whereas most of the Gentiles couldn't even keep the, the seven commandments that tradition said that God gave to, to Noah. Paul says, I was once alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died, and that which was meant for life became death to me. That is, the law was holy and just and good, but it merely revealed that Paul was not holy and just and good. That is, the law, the law informs us of what's right, but it doesn't transform us into what's right. That has to come by a gift from God. And so in Romans chapter 8, Paul uses a lot of language for the Exodus, where God saved his people, he redeemed them from Egypt, he led them in the wilderness, well now God has redeemed us, he leads us by his spirit, and so on. Well, after Paul has established all this, showing that, that God saves Jew and Gentile in the same terms, he comes back to the, the issue of the relationship between Israel and the nations. He, the Jewish people said, we're descended from Abraham, therefore we are chosen for salvation. But Paul says in Romans chapter 9 that salvation comes by, by God's grace. It's not a choice based on ethnicity. He reminds them that Abraham had both Isaac and Ishmael, but only Isaac received the promise. Isaac had um, Jacob and Esau, but only Jacob received the promise. And he says, what makes you think the narrowing down stopped there? It's not based on ethnicity. It's based on God's choice. Now the question, uh, today we, we debate about whether the choice means an arbitrary choice or God choosing because he foreknows our faith in Christ. For Paul, the issue especially was the Jewish people claimed to be the chosen people. And Paul is saying that, yes, there's, there's value in the covenant, but ultimately our chosenness for salvation is not based on our ethnicity. Uh, and the rest of the letter shows it's based on faith in Christ. In Romans chapter 11, after he's been explaining that the, the, the 
Gentiles are not to be treated as second class, as excluded from the covenant, but can be spiritually children of Abraham also. He turns it around and reminds the Gentile believers not to look down on the Jewish believers because this was originally their tree. You know, if we Gentiles have been grafted into Israel's tree or the, the, the tree of, of God's covenant, those branches that were originally part of it can also be grafted back in by faith. And he, he reminds Gentile Christians not to look down on the roots from which they come, which is something that Gentile Christians have often forgotten through history, with the history of, of Christian anti-Semitism uh, that has really hardened the division between Jewish and Gentile people through much of history. But after Paul has laid the theological groundwork, he gets to some of the practical issues. Chapter 12, he mentions we're all one body. Chapter 13, he says that the real heart of the law is loving one another. That's what fulfills the commandments. And then he gets really concrete in chapter 14, where he deals with food laws and holy days, the very things we know that Roman Gentiles look down on Jewish people for the most. He says these are, these are cultural differences but we can celebrate our differences. We don't have to divide over them. And then in chapter 15, he gives two examples of ethnic reconciliation. He gives the example of, of Jesus, who though Jewish became a minister also to the Gentiles. And he gives an example of himself where he was bringing an offering from the churches of the Gentiles to serve the needy in Jerusalem. And finally in chapter 16, he has one closing exhortation. Beware of those who cause division. Well, what kind of division do you think might have been going on in the church in Rome? Given everything that Paul addresses, it looks like the Jewish and the Gentile believers had some divisions between them. And that would make some sense given the fact that we know that the Emperor Claudius expelled the Jewish community from Rome shortly before this time. And just shortly before Romans, many of the Jewish people had been returning. What we have then is a church that was mainly Gentile for a long time and now has an influx of Jewish believers and their cultures are different. Do we ever have issues today where we have Christians from different cultures with different practices and we look down on one another because of our, our divisions over different cultural practices or, or our ethnicity? The book of Romans reminds us that whatever our differences, our unity in Christ matters most. Jesus died and rose again so that we could have eternal life. And because of that hope, we are one in Christ and we can celebrate the, the, the cultural differences and worship God together through Jesus Christ. <laughs>